know. No. You already know. <laughs> Every Saturday, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, Jay Harris brings the hottest new music, the livest interviews, and the best indie artists to the A&R's choice. To submit music or to guest DJ, hit him at putmeonk100 at gmail.com. That's putmeonk100 at gmail.com. Yeah, said it. It's going down. Here's another exclusive interview on K100 Radio. You are tuned to K100 Radio, hip hop and R&B. K100, you bastard! Oh yeah, what up? Oh oh oh, let me push my screen up. What's happening? What's going on? What's happening? K100 Radio, I'm your host, Blizzard. Thanks everybody for tuning in to the show. Appreciate you guys for rocking out with us. We're live right now for another one of our direct line interviews on K100 Radio. This is where we chop it up uh, with our special guests. Oftentimes, it'll be independent artists, but sometimes we got a little twist to it like we do today, coming up on the second half of this hour, all right? But without further ado, I want you guys to pause. Got to give a special shout-out to anybody that's listening to us live right now. Listen to our broadcast on TuneIn Radio or on our mobile app, iTunes Radio, Apple TV, whichever way you're accessing the show. Anybody that may be checking out the show live on Facebook, Anybody that may be checking us out on our live stream over here on Instagram Live, welcome. Thank you, everybody. So what we do here on our direct line interviews on K1's radio, we chop it up with our special guests. Like I said, all the times we chop it up with independent artists. And we're going to start the show out like that this particular time, all right? This time around, I'm going to bring y'all a little bit of R&B. Y'all want some flavor? All right? Of course you do. Of course you do, man. Listen, shout out to my next guest, man. We got a duo. How often do you hear a duo? First of all, it's not even a lot of R&B going on and circulating out here in this game, first of all. You know what I'm saying? So just shout out to, you know, the artists out here really doing R&B right now. I really appreciate you guys out here putting in the work. All right. Our, our first uh, guest for our first uh, half hour of this direct line interviews is a duo, male duo. All right. They said they put you in the mind of KC Jojo. Remember that? Yeah, of course you do. The Be Smooth Boys, k ones Radio. Welcome, fellas. <laughs> What's going on? Yo, what's up? Absolutely, man. Welcome to the broadcast. Welcome to the show. We're chopping it up right now with the Be Smooth Boys, man. First of all, I'm going to go ahead and yield the floor to these guys and let these guys uh, introduce themselves to our broadcast over here at K100 Radio. You guys go ahead, one at a time. Tell everybody who we rocking with right now. And it's your boy Brooklyn. And I'm smooth, and we are the Be Smooth Boys. All right. Shout out to the Be Smooth Boys. So, first of all, where you guys from? All right. Where y'all from? We're originally from the Cleveland area, um, right outside of Cleveland. Yeah, about 30 minutes away, a city called Elyria, Ohio. All right. Ohio is in the building, man. Shout out to Cleveland. Shout out to the Midwest. Shout out to the Midwest. And every time, you know, don't get me wrong, we talk to a lot of people, a lot of artists, man. But most of the time, I'm going to be frank with you guys. When somebody say they're from the Midwest, it's like a 99.9% chance they're probably going to be a rapper. But we got some R&B coming out there. Tell me about... The grind, not only being an independent artist coming out of the Midwest, which has its own challenges, but being an R&B duo. Give me some of the give me some of the challenges that you guys have faced just off the gate from being, you know, doing R&B right now when R&B is sounding so hip hopish and people are saying R&B is dead. We don't believe that at all over here at K One's Radio. But just give me some of the challenges about being an up and coming hip hop group coming out of the Midwest. Well, we're uh, actually, we're an R&B duo. We're R&B, pop, slash, hip-hop. You know what I mean? We're very versatile. But 
Well, I can say that one of the biggest challenges that we had, especially coming out of the Midwest, is that you're right. There's not a lot of R&B acts uh, coming out right now. So when we're getting on these shows and when we're doing a lot of performances, we, uh, we're working with a lot of rappers. And a lot of times we were the only singers, but, uh, but we were able to use that to our advantage and stand out in our own way. Absolutely. Definitely. Anybody else want to add anything? I know it's two of y'all, so I'm kind of letting y'all both have a minute to answer. Oh, oh yeah, no. Nah, he hit it right on the dot, man. It is definitely it's the Midwest is oversaturated with a lot of rap, hip hop artists, you know what I mean? And um it we we try to try to stand out and we always stand out in our shows because we're the only R and B act. But we do got some good R and B acts that is in the city. Shout out to Band Two One Six and shout out to Dre Walton. You know what I mean, doing their thing out here in Cleveland, but you know, I mean, like you said, there is there isn't a lot of uh, a lot of places or, or even shows that we could do what we need to do out here. Right. Well, you know, like I said, now, now one thing you guys are mentioning though is always an advantage because I ain't gonna lie, I I we out here in, even in Atlanta, it doesn't even matter when I go out to music events all the time. Maybe maybe I'm a, a panelist, a guest, or maybe I'm just coming out to critique music, or maybe I'm just coming to vibe and show some love and support. I'm always thoroughly surprised when the R&B guys come through and they do their thing amongst all the hip-hop. So, and I'm always, like, paying attention to them. I'll be honest with you guys. I feel like it's an advantage, if anything. You know what I'm saying? Because, like, we be paying attention because, like, okay, we had a lot, a lot of hip-hop. Not to knock hip-hop because I love hip-hop. It's my first love. But I'm saying it's always, uh, it's always cool when you guys are the only um, R&B group in the room. Duo, excuse me, duo. I want to I make sure I say duo. But you guys said you do hip-hop, you do pop. So let's go ahead and take it all the way back. Like, what inspired you guys to become a group? What inspired you guys to start singing? Uh, really, I mean, we uh, go back to original 90s R&B music, early 2000s, you know, when R&B was at its best. Uh, uh, even from before then, we were. I was inspired by groups like The Temptations, all the way to Drew Hill, 112, Boys to Men, you know what I mean? These original, right. real musicians, you know what I mean? The real harmonies, the real singing, uh, we were inspired by. And like you said, like you said before, we're versatile. So I bring the uh, Caribbean feel to everything. I was inspired by a lot of older um, reggae artists like Barry Hammond, um, uh, Dennis Brown. Um, I was uh, a lot of reggae artists I grew up listening to in New York. So I bring that to the tables also on top of the old school R&B, and that's what makes us very versatile. I mean, we, we, we pull from a lot of different areas and, and genres. That's what's up, man. I love to hear the inspiration. I love to hear the stories of inspiration and where they come from, man. You know, now, you know the knock-on, you know the knock-on, not even, not even R&B, hip-hop, whatever, just quote-unquote what, like, what, what they like to call urban music, even though I really technically don't even know what the hell they mean, but whatever. The knock on it is how difficult it is to work with quote unquote groups or duos because there's always a falling out. Somebody always get mad. Somebody always got to go to separate ways. Somebody always want to go solo. All right. And maybe that's good and maybe that's bad. But when it comes down to the Beast Move Boys, how do y'all stay focused? How do y'all keep the harmony outside of the vocal booth with just as people, as men out here doing their thing? You know what I'm saying? Maneuvering and being independent artists. How do you keep it all together as a group so it doesn't turn into something crazy and then somebody's over there fucking tweeting somebody some crazy stuff two months later or six months later or next year. How are you going to keep it together like that? Well, 
the best way we can keep God first, you know what I mean? And also we're brothers. We we came in this game together. We know that we both need each other for for different things in this in this uh industry. As far as uh recording, my brother's is strong at one thing that I'm not strong at and I might be strong at something that he's not strong at and we lift each other up regardless. And that's not gonna matter now or ten years or twenty years from now because like I said, the foundation was strong. So it can nothing break us. All right. Next. Anybody else? That's it. That's all we got to say about that. That's oh. that. <laughs> oh, we can try. I mean, like, yeah, I mean, once again, he pretty much hit it right on the nose. You know what I mean? This is more than music. This is family. You know what I mean? We uh been doing this together for so many years that regardless of what happens, you know what I mean? We've uh-huh. taken each other to the top. You know what I mean? There's different things that you can always do in this music outside of being an artist. You know what I mean? So there's always going to be something that, musically there's always going to be somewhere that we connect and something that we can both bring to the table regardless of what it is absolutely absolutely all right the important uh i think the important note on that is you know bringing up um there's things outside of the music you know just as you know as, as a group as men as, as guys just keep you guys uh focused you know what i'm saying it's not always about the music like i said that camaraderie i think a lot of times that's what's missed sometimes Groups, duos, or whatever are placed together, and to me that never really works out. But when it's real, real um, throwback love and real, real, real blood and real family involved, a lot of times at the end of the day, even if there is a falling out, you guys end up coming back together. So you know, uh, I think that's exactly. important. I think you have to go. Yeah, you guys are definitely going to go a long way. Yeah, definitely, definitely a long way. So um, I want to, I want to, I'm going to get into the music. I'm going to get into the music. I want to make sure we got plenty of time to play these songs and, and digest them. You guys have got some good music, so I want to give people time to digest them. But this is the Direct Line interview on K100 Radio. You All right. are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip-hop yep, yep, and yep. R&B. K100, you bad Before we get into the music, though, this is all about the conversation. Of course, we're going to play the music. Of course, we're going to expose you guys to these uh, bangers that these guys got over here on deck. Of course, we want to make sure you get a thorough, a thorough introduction to these guys. So, real quick, I know this may be a little taboo of a question, but fellas, you don't have, you know, it's, it's just a, it's a general question. No need to think deep into it. The Grammys just went by, right? And we had a lot of, uh, a lot of commentary. There's always a lot of commentary the day after the Grammys about who won this, who won that. I won't ask you about the Grammys specifically because that's a whole nother subject, but R&B right now, people, you, you, you I'm pretty sure you guys followed it and you know who won what in the R&B category. Of course we know. You know what I'm saying? How do you feel about the state of R&B right now and who's being put on the forefront as saying they're representing the genre right now? How do you feel about the state of R&B as a group? Do you feel like it's kind of getting back to its roots? Because I kind of sort of feel like it's getting back to being more soulful and more vocal right now when it was kind of like all full-on or halfway hip-hop and halfway R&B. But what do you guys say about the state of hip-hop? I mean, excuse me, the state of R&B right now as artists? Um, I mean, I think the R&B... It always changes. I mean, and that goes with anything. Like, the generations change, the trends change, the music changes, but it always comes back. So, the state of R&B now is, uh, I mean, it's always been here. It's always been the same. It's just about what's been put to the forefront, like you said. You know what I mean? So, realistically, it's just about staying true to what you like and who you are. You know what I mean? I think that right now is the soulful R&B is coming back around with the more ballads and the more... uh, emotion and things like that but 
these artists have been out doing, you know what I mean? There's been plenty of artists that's doing that type of music, that old school type of self music that just hasn't been put to the forefront or the media. I right. agree with him, you know what I mean? I, I don't know who was on the nominees, but um, I know, I think, what, her won, won an yeah. award, and uh, I, I know that Dan Caesar was probably a part of some, something that was going on, but um, I definitely like what they're doing right now with R&B. Um, it's giving it a fresh a fresh new vibe, you know what I mean? Yeah, the 90s, we're, we're all stuck in the 90s, and we're all stuck in the old school, but we need to make music for ourselves now. I mean, what are we going to remember 10 years from now as far as our generation, the 90s and and older? I mean, we we always got to continue to make music for what we like and and make music for who we are at the moment. Right. And that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now. We're making music that we love and that we we stand by. Of course, it's inspired by so many different older artists and older genres, but the music that you hear right now is the music of today. Exactly. There's just a lot going on in R&B, but I, I got to love it. You got people crowning themselves king, new, new new millennial kings. You got R&B artists that are battling rappers. It's just a lot going on with right. R&B. <laughs> so, it's a lot going on with R&B right now. But I, 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 uh, my, of course, my second favorite genre of music, of course, my first being hip-hop. And R&B is right there behind it on its heels. I, I have several memorable um, R&B records that, that can... A song could come on and it could put me right back at like it's 1990 or 2000, whatever, and put me right back in a place in right. time, uh, just like uh, my, some of my favorite hip hop music. So, uh, without further ado, we want to make sure we got time to really play this music and let the people digest it. All right. So we get ready to drop this music. You did. K100, you bad. This is K100 Radio. I am your host, Blizzard. Thanks for tuning in to the show. We are live right now. This is the direct line interview with the Beast Smooth Boys. All right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and we're getting ready to jump into this music, you dig? And that's what we're here for. We want to have a conversation with them, let you get to know them a little bit, but we also want to expose you to what they got popping as far as the music goes. Now, I got two records, and I always like to uh, I like to let my guests, you know, when we have multiple records, I like to let them pick which one they want the people to uh, hear first. You know, what's their introduction? We got two songs. We got Believe. We got Fall Again. Which one of these you want me to play for my audience over here on K100 Radio? Shout out to everybody listening on TuneIn Radio, our app. Facebook Live, Instagram Live, Apple, uh, iTunes Radio. If you listen to this after the fact on SoundCloud, YouTube, or Spotify, please follow and subscribe accordingly. All right, all right, fellas, you pick. Which one we which one we dropping first? Uh, we're gonna do Believe first, definitely. All right, so let's talk about Believe before I drop it. All right, give me a little bit of background. What we what, what's the song about? Who produced it? You know some basics. Well, uh, Believe was produced by a producer, uh, uh, Scarecrow, that we've been working with. Um, uh-huh. It's inspired, it's uh, actually inspired by what we were going through last year uh, when we were getting ready to release our EP called Believe, which you can get that also. Um, what it basically explains is it's just uh, overall of what we were going through as far as uh, musically and how we were becoming more successful. And the more successful we get, the more we have to believe in ourselves. Um, before we believed in ourselves fully, we had people that believed in us, like right. our management, our fans, our family, our engineers, our, our team. You know what I mean? So the quote and the theme for our for that year and for that uh, project was believe. And this uh, song right here just basically expressed um, expressed that, expressed the belief in uh, love, it expressed never giving up in a, uh, as far as a relationship right. or 
or anything that you're doing in life. You got to believe in this time, in this time and era, like you said, um, the music influences the, the, the youth. And we felt like we needed to bring back love music. We needed to bring back a, a vibe where people would be like, yeah, I listened to this and I fell in love. Or, you know what I mean? And we just felt like if we believe it, we just tell them to believe again, that love right. do exist, not, then it'll come back. So this is what Believe is all about. All right, man, let's check this out. This is K100 Radio, direct line interview with the Beast Move Boys. Let's get into this music, you dig? You are tuned to the K100 Radio, hip-hop and R&B. I'm 
everyone is hurt. Everybody's been through hurt. And pretty much we're expressing how it feels when you lose someone that you didn't want to lose or, you know what I mean, you, you love somebody that don't love you. You know what I mean? And that's what pretty much Fall Again is all about. Yeah. It was produced by one of our close friends, close brothers, uh, actually a producer out of Cleveland, slash artist out of Cleveland, uh, Bam Bam, somebody that we've been working with, Bam somebody that mentored us, you know what I mean, somebody that helped us in his music. And uh, like I said, Fall Again, it's our new single. We just finished up the video. It's going to be coming out soon. So make sure y'all be on the lookout. All right. Be smooth, boys. Name is joining us called Fall Again. This is K1's radio. Let's get to it. K100, you bad I'm bracing my mind all the time when we meet eyes again. Cause baby, I can't decide if I even wanna try again. I've been losing my mind day and sure we check in over here and let them get uh all of their uh social media and contact information where can you find all this music beast move boys where can they find this music man that was a dope cut too that was definitely some r and fucking b right there fam big up to you guys on that That's <laughs> that that is, man. you'll get somebody pregnant out here <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate you, man. thank you 
All right, man. Yo, uh, yeah, all the social media. Uh... Yeah. yeah, you can guys going to go ahead and follow us anywhere, man. Uh, Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. Just follow us at B Smooth Boys. That's the letter B. Smooth, S-M-O-O-T-H. Boys, B-O-Y-S. You can search B Smooth Boys on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Tidal, uh, SoundCloud. Just search B Smooth Boys. YouTube especially, because that's where all our videos in, and that's where our new video for Fall Again is going to be. So make sure you follow us and subscribe at B Smooth Boys. All right, man. Good stuff, fellas. Glad to have you on K1's radio. Um, I'm rocking with one of those. I think it may be Fall Again. I don't know. Maybe fall again. Maybe my joint. I think I'm going to throw that one over here on rotation. Let me get these get these uh, spins count uh, uh, raised up a little bit over here with K100 Radio. So I think we're going to rock with that one. Uh, I think that's a, a, a good, thank you. good. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, good R&B record that we can go ahead and add to our rotation over here, man. So look, I wish you guys much luck, much success. You sound like some humble guys. Uh, good music, man. Just remember, you did it with the team. Take the team with you to the top, and, and uh, we wish you guys the best. All right. Absolutely. Absolutely. RMG is the squad. Yeah, is the squad. You already know. All right, man. Hold on, though. You We're not are done yet. You are tuned to K100 Radio. Nah. I told you, we talked to a variation of people over here on K100 Radio. Hold on. Let me check my line. <clears throat> Miss Bullet, Shanae. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. yes. Welcome, yes. welcome. Yes. Right on time. I'm actually about two or three minutes tardy. Welcome to the broadcast. We're getting ready to chop it up. With a very important woman, a very powerful woman, uh, that's down for a very important cause. So listen, if you guys have been checking out my interview with the Beast Move Boys, we're getting ready to bring Miss Shanae Bullock on the line, activist extraordinaire. Don't go nowhere. We got two or three rehearsals we're going to run, and we're going right back. You ready? I'm ready. You ready? All right. We're gonna have, we, got, we got a deep conversation coming up, ladies and gentlemen. All right. This is, this, my next guest is not an artist, but trust me, you guys are going to want to hang around. Uh, for this next particular uh, segment. All right. Uh, pause. Don't go nowhere. We'll be right back. K100, you MidwestMixtapes.com, the number one website for Midwest rap. MidwestMixtapes.com. They promote and market albums, mixtapes, singles, and videos. MidwestMixtapes.com. They can get you on DJ conference calls, blogs, and email blasts. MidwestMixtapes.com. They work with several magazines, college radio campaigns, and street teams in multiple cities. What's good? This is Chubby Channing, publisher of Making It Magazine, here to let all my independent artists, producers, and DJs know about MakingItMag.com. Not only are we Atlanta's number one magazine for the urban music industry, but we're a national platform that provides real opportunities, real exposure, and real industry connections. Just log on to MakingItMag.com. Sign up for your membership and start submitting music to get booked on major shows, magazine features, radio interviews, sponsorships, and more great opportunities. That's makingitmag.com. Doing dope stuff for dope artists. Ten years strong. Hey, it's your man DJ Will Money. Catch my mix show, Street Anthems Live, right here on K100 Radio each and every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern as I bring you the latest R&B and hip-hop music. Plus, check out my Indie Spotlight segment where I give indie artists a chance to shine. That's every Thursday 
5 p.m. Eastern. Street Anthems Live right here on K100 Radio. It's going down. Here's another exclusive interview on K100 Radio. You are tuned to the K100 Radio Hip Hop and R&B. K100, you bastard. Oh, yes. I told you guys, hold up a minute. Just chill. I got you. All right, listen, this is the second half of our direct line interview for this particular hour and this particular day. Now, we're going to change gears a little bit. All right, we just talked to a, 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 a musical guest, but we've got another kind of a guest uh, on the line right now that we're going to have a completely different vibe and a completely different kind of uh, style of conversation about. And I don't get a chance to talk to too many activists, so I'm really excited to have her over here on the show on K100 Radio. And uh, I'd like to uh, introduce uh, Sinead Bullock. Am I saying your name right? That's right, Sinead? I want to make sure I got that yeah, correct. Shanae. That's right, mm-hmm. Shanae. 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 Shanae Bullock. Uh, she's on the line right now with K1 Radio. We're getting ready to have a direct line interview. So what I like to do when I first bring my guests onto the air, especially when it's the first time they've ever been on the show, um, I like to go ahead and let you just kind of uh, take the floor and kind of introduce yourself and tell everybody what you've got going on, what you're here to represent, and what you're here to talk about on K1 Radio. Ms. Bullock, please, go ahead. Yes, thank you for having me. So... My given name is Aili Canoe. I'm Butterfly Woman, and I come from the Shinnecock Indian Nation, which is in Southampton, Long Island, New York, New York. <laughs> um, All right. I am an activist. Um, you know, that, that term gets used uh, quite a bit today, you know, um, but I'm an activist in terms of what people like to call me, but I, I'm just a traditional woman. And I'm just a woman that stands up for the rights of indigenous peoples all around the world. Um, you know, so I'm super excited to be on the show to talk about a lot of the different events that has been occurring um, as far as, you know, different marches that have been happening. You know, we just had two Native women that have been put into Congress and elected into Congress and are already moving and shaking um, in the political arena, you know, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of positive things that's happening and what we like to call Indian country, but um, out of these positive things or what has kind of stirred these positive things are a lot of the social and environmental injustices that's happening to our people and to our environment. And, you know, we're standing up and we're rising up to, um, to, to bring into those social injustices. So I guess the first thing I, I have a, a question about is, you know, where, where do you start? Like, where, where, where is it that you actually start with the level of atrocity that's happened to the indigenous people of this country? You know, mm-hmm. I, 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 it's, it's, for me, like, like there, there's a lot of similarities between uh, what happened between um, uh, African-American, whatever you want to call slaves, black people, whatever term we coin it, and uh, indigenous people, Native Americans, whatever you want to coin it. I don't know exactly which mm-hmm. one is the politically correct term, but I just kind of use just plain speak when I do my show. There are so many similarities right. and so many differences. And even as a black person, I can't even wrap my brain to really begin and say, what's the issue that we tackle first? For you, for, for, for someone who represents indigenous people, and you say you've got all these different things going on and all of these uh, uh, issues that, that, are, that are happening in your community that's been happening since basically you guys were uh, looted, plundered, and pillaged, like we were. Um, what, what, is right. the, what, is the, what is the one that stands out the most that you feel like you need to grapple right now as a people. What do you think it is? Oh, man, that's, that's such a hard, that's a real tough question. Um, you know, I think that it, it all starts with self. A lot of the, um, you know, with when you, when you kind of get into that, 
that self, we talk about historical trauma. And that historical trauma is has been embedded in our, our genetic makeup, in our DNA. And a mm-hmm. lot of times what's preventing us as indigenous people or as black people or, like you said, whatever political term people like to, to say, what's preventing us from moving forward is us ourselves. You know, you have all these different movements that's happening all around the country. And then when we try to unite sometimes, it's very difficult to move forward because this one's social injustice is greater than this one's social injustice. And that one's environmental injustice is, is greater than this environmental injustice. But at the end of the day, what's preventing us from really um, breaking down the borders between these social injustices is the historical trauma and the colonization that we have been put in, the mindset mm-hmm. that we have. We have to unbreak these shackles on our own minds. And that starts with self, you know, self-identity, self-awareness. Um, and you know, they always say, you know, in order to know how to go forward, you have to know what happened in the past. And a lot of times we have uh, an ideology that has been forced upon us through these institutions such as, you know, public schooling and even private schooling to say, okay, this is what, this is what the history of Native Americans is in a nutshell. And so everybody's right. now experts when they graduate <laughs> high school <laughs> right. on Native Americans. You know, I, I get it all the time. People say, oh, I know all about you. And I'm like, oh, you really, you do. You know all about me. And, but they don't, you know, and it, and it really starts with just self. That's kind of what I think the first thing is. And then once you do that, then you can kind of humble yourself to come together with other people that are either different from you or similar to you, and there's not a battle within that. Right, right, exactly. Now, you yourself, um, you know, we, 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 of course, we were, we, this was this 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 particular interview came together really quick at the last minute. Shout out to the homegirl Sharp Base for plugging us together and getting us over here, uh, chopping yeah. it up. But I I looked into um you know of course when she hits me up she's gonna give me some background uh and, mm-hmm. and such a you know really really strong educated woman you know you've got all these you've you've got you've got the degrees you've got all the work you've got everything done everything so much experience how do you take that and you say okay. I've, I've came out into this particular country, into this America, into this version of America, at least this version of mm-hmm. America that we are in currently in right now. I've went to these schools. I went and learned and experienced these things. Now I got to take it back to my people, my indigenous people, and convince these people that have rightfully so many issues with this current version of America that the path that you took is the right one. The education. Learn, learning, learning, um, going to colleges, going, doing all of these things, and, and kind of not, not abandon the old ways. But I feel like indigenous people were, were so much more in tune with the planet the, uh, that we live mm-hmm. on, that we're per- currently killing in a thousand, mm-hmm. a thousand different ways to kill this planet, a million different ways that we're killing the planet. Like, like we got somewhere else to go. Like we can just hop on a bus and go to another planet. We act like that. We act like we got another one right. that we can just hop over to, and we don't. And I felt like the, um, the indigenous people are a part of, and I don't know everything about, about it. I, I know mm-hmm. I haven't really, I'm not a scholar in it. I know a little bit more mm-hmm. than what the average person may know because I do my own research, but it just seems like they were so mm-hmm. spiritually in earth. How do you take your mm-hmm. education and take it back and then shape it to fit the, 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 the soul and what, and what it, it really means to be a uh, native American or indigenous, you know, where it's more spiritual. It's not necessarily about books and everything. It's just about you being one with yourself and the spirit world. How do you, combine that and make it all work and then chart your own path that Shanae Bullock and say, listen, 
I can do all of that and I can represent my culture at the same time. Well, I actually did it reverse because I was because I was born into my culture, right? So I didn't get my education and go to my culture. I had my culture. I had my foundation. I have my um, my roots and my understanding and self identity and awareness and balance in all of the medicine areas. You know, be it physical, spiritual, mental, emotional. You know, I had that balance already. Um, not completely, because you know I was still growing into a woman. Um, mm-hmm. And then went into public schooling and went into, um, you know, uh, college, um, but always having that foundation. So if school didn't fit into that, into my life ways, then school wasn't for me. And mm-hmm. I, 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 in our indigenous communities, you know, everybody, the way we look at things, we look at things in a very, in a circular way. We don't look at, we don't have, we, our homes were never squared. They were always round. The circles that we sit in are not boxes. We don't really have structure of Robert's rules of order, you know, when you're talking about being governed underneath natural law. Right. The institutions actually contradict our way of thinking because it's a colonized institution. Right. So I can't take my community and force them to be something that they're never meant to be. However, I could fit into these institutions and see it with an indigenous lens and take from my uh, with using my indigenous perspective to see what of these studies are going to help. I may not be able to take everything. I may not be able to retain everything. My mind and my body and my spirit might reject a lot of things from uh, in these institutions, but I just look at it as just learning how to create a balance. And that has that day by day is the most difficult thing for me to do. Every day I wake up is a struggle every single day. Because the world that we live in, society that we live in, um, systematically oppresses anyone that is in the natural, uh, that tries to govern themselves underneath natural law and the spiritual law. And it's very hard every single day. But understanding how that system works is really to teach yourself how to navigate through it, not how to take that system and recreate that system inside of your traditional um, communities. But it's really to how to be con- traditional and to navigate through the system to bring your people through. That's how I look at the education system. All right. Well, listen, this is K100 Radio. I'm your host, Blizzard. Thanks for tuning into the show. Uh, we're chopping up right now with Sinead Bullock. She's an activist. She's an indigenous people uh, community uh, member. And um, I guess, you know, you, you, you went back and you, you, you nailed the question that I was asking you because you, you talked about it being a struggle. And that's kind of what I was uh, trying to get at and trying to assert to, like, how is it that you function in this particular society when you know the history, when you know everything that's going on mm-hmm. and you know how hard it is? And, and you guys, the, I think the major difference, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the major mm-hmm. things that can separate the genocide that happened to indigenous people and slavery that happened to uh, African-Americans is at some point, some kind of way, which is right, which, which makes sense, and which is a, a, a little bit right and in a hell of a lot of ways wrong, essentially. But you guys were able to carve out sections of this country to where you made sovereign. You, you, you were able to at least some kind of well, some actually, way. That really wasn't that, our choice. That oh, well, I know it wasn't your choice. So I know. 
but it wasn't your choice. It, it wasn't black people's choice to be brung over here either for most for the most part. But at least in like in 2019, there's there's literally a community where you can go where there 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 is laws that and, and land that is owned and governed by um, indigenous people. And I, I mean, I know you you were not handed it the way you wanted it to be handed it, and a lot of you had to go and fight for it and get. But you have that, and African Americans don't. So, and it's not. I'm well, not you saying also like, have to look at it this. But you also yeah. have to understand, use the word laws, and laws, the word law basically is what differentiates indigenous communities um, because you have, you, have, you have several different terms. You have indigenous, aboriginal, Native American, American Indian, and Indian. Those legally have different terms. When you're mm-hmm. talking about a tribe that is federally recognized by the federal government, that right. tribe supersedes the state government and its decisions right. and its laws. Right. And underneath right. the U.S. Code, Title 25, when you're dealing with Indians, the protection of Indians and a couple of those different sections of that Title 25 in the U.S. Code of Law makes the state have basically have to protect that particular tribe, which is federally recognized. So, but mind you, when I say that I'm Shinnecock, I am of one of the colonial tribes. I am of one of the tribes that first greeted Henry Hudson as, they, as he sailed past the Long Island Sound and up the Hudson River in, uh-huh. in the 1500s, in Amerigo Vespucci, you know, and all of these different um, map makers, if you will. It was the Shinnecock and the Montauk and the Wampanoag and the Nahagansett. Our tribes in the Northeast, we were greeted first. Before there were 13 colonies, there were four united colonies. And before there were four united colonies, they were just small settlements. And those settlements dealt directly with our tribes. So our tribes in the Northeast have a, um, an official legalized, legal binding agreement, not with the federal government and not with the state government, but with directly with Europe. And those agreements, have, have, whether they have been broken um, or not, they still hold a lot of legal weight today. And so you can't strip a tribe of its sovereignty if the tribe was sovereign before you got here. You might be able to genocide and misplace and move around laws and create, again, this system that is very hard for us to function through. Um, uh-huh. And that's the big difference. These reservations didn't come into place until the Indian Removal Act in the the 1800s, the later 1800s, directly after slavery was abolished. But you have tribes in the Northeast that have a very different history. As we just lived there and settlement happened around us, and then it wasn't until the Indian Removal Act that they said, oh, well, these are still people in the Northeast. What are we going to do with the people that live in this neighborhood? Well, we're going to call it a reservation because that was something to call it. Now, are those laws upheld today? No. Um, almost every single title in dealing with pertaining to Native Americans in the U.S. Code of Law is broken, uh-huh. regardless if we're governments or, or we're not. You know, so it's completely broken, and that's what we're still fighting for. Right. So is that? So is that? I want to. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to dive directly into the main fight that you guys have. Like, is is that is that the biggest core part of your of your legal? And, 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 and fight, besides the fact that you guys were, they committed genocide and basically wiped all, all, most of you out, 
is that is that the legal precedent? Is that the fight that you guys are still fighting right now to make those actual titles and laws that are actually written in history books and are actually on on the books right now to make them be effective and make and make this country recognize them? Is that a big part of the fight that you guys have going on? Because black people, we don't have that. We don't have reparations. We don't have. We don't even know. We. I mean, if you, if it depends on who you asking. The way the, the Constitution reads, are we are we technically really really free? I mean, we we, we are, we are. But then exactly. they make it right. like they got all these other little slick parts of the Constitution and all these other amendments that kind of sort of say we're free technically, yeah. But so is that a part of the? Uh, is that a part of your journey? Is that a part of the fight of your people? Or what what is the core thing that you guys just hold up and say? Listen, besides above anything else, this shit right here needs to be addressed. And is it is it that is it that well, which gives you right? Well, yeah, I mean, it, it really has a lot to do with. I mean, um, again, you have you have federally recognized, state recognized, historically recognized, or uh, underrepresented, and these are all terms for how tribes are classified or how they're looked at by the government, mm-hmm. whether it's state, local, whatever. Um, so self determination is a big topic in what we call Indian country. And I'm not talking about indigenous people globally right now because what's going on in Australia with indigenous people is the same thing that's going here, but their fight is going to be a little difficult to move, maneuver through because of how the, 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 the countries are set up, you mm-hmm. know, and how they deal with the original people of those lands. Um, so here in, in North America, if you will, and the same kind of thing in Canada, we never put borders between these communities. We are still fighting for what we call, quote, unquote, trust responsibility. I mean, if you look at every single pretty much agency, every single law, everything that has to do with energy, Department of Commerce, uh, natural resources, environmental protection, national park services, all these different governmental agencies, if you really look through them, you're always going to see tribal, native indigenous people we are written in almost every single law in this country and if you really read the fine print so there's never a way for the government to get around it but they are and it has to do with us not being really educated and how that is so it's almost like a roadblock we need to become educated to see okay well they're trying to go down this road but we got to block them Mm -hmm. and then we have to hold them accountable you have to hold them accountable for it but the hard part is, I mean, we're functioning right now as American citizens, quote unquote. Um, a lot of us don't like to say we are, but we are, right? We have social security cards, yeah. and a lot of that yeah. kind of stuff is changing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. We're functioning. In, we're trying to function in a government that's not even functioning. So let alone us Native <laughs> people screaming trust responsibility. I mean, you know, yesterday was the state of Indian nation every year like almost a week after the State of the Union address, NCNAI, which is the National Congress of American Indians, they hold a State of Indian Nations address. And it, is hap- it happens right in Washington, D.C. And those mm-hmm. are, that is an organization that has all of the tribal leaders in Indian country of federally recognized tribes come together, all of the tribal leaders, all of the tribal presidents, they all come together and they have an address. And they give this address to the Trump administration. And, again, just the same thing that you and I are discussing is what they're discussing to the government administration to say, look, you guys have a responsibility to us as indigenous people. You're not upholding it. But the hard part is we do not have 
the military. We do not have the institutions right. and everything else that the yeah. government has. So we're a little weak in yeah. that area. Uh, uh, and economical much, power, too. Well, that's, I mean, now here's where it starts to blend in with, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, with, with black yeah. folks. Mm-hmm. What call yeah. What, what, let me let me let me mm-hmm. ask you. A, I got a quick question before I say what I got to say because I don't want to lose this point. What is the term that you mm-hmm. refer to black people? What, what's the term that you refer to us as? Black people. I, what you call? I, I mean, I go back and forth between black and African American, and I hey. only do that because I don't want to offend anybody. I mean, I'm I'm right. I consider myself black and Native American, but you know, I, I only really do it because I know who I am, and I just don't right. want to offend anybody. You know, some right. people take a real personal. Yeah, you know? yeah. This is not the show for that, by the way, uh, K100 Radio. Okay. Listen, I'll bet Ross. But listen, though. So what I'm saying is, and, and this is, brings me back to my point, the similarity of what you're saying, the teeth that you have to have as a people, the muscle that you have to have as a people. See, here's where we start to find some similarities in between those that were genocide, that, 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 were committed, that genocide was committed against, and those that were enslaved. You feel me? And also mm-hmm. genocide at the same time on the back end. Also, oh, the, the, the similarities are this. The fight that we have is kind of sort of with the same entity, which is the U.S. government, which is essentially, mm-hmm. if, even if it's not Trump himself or his daddy, whoever, for everybody listening to the show, all right, mm-hmm. their ancestors, white Cajuns, whatever you want to call them, we never got a time for the political correctness right now, but this country, the colonizers, whatever the hell you want to call these people, are a common enemy. Why do you, why, why it, it seems to me that if anybody, if any two ethnic communities in this country should be joined at the hip every time it's time to make mm-hmm. a move, mm-hmm. it's us. It's, it's indigenous, native, African, black, whatever the hell you want to call it, folk. Yeah. And I don't understand mm-hmm. why that isn't. I don't, I know you, I know you guys have your own, your own culture and we've developed our own culture within this culture that we've had to make because we're not even we're not even a lot of us call ourselves african-americans but then again you meet you meet you meet africans who don't necessarily consider us africans because we're so different in many lights in many in many ways so i i never understood yeah. why we're not joined at the hip in all our causes because of our a our common history and enemy and b because at the same time there's a lot of similarities in between what we actually need to happen let me ask you this so I, I go all around to say that to say this. How do you think that something can happen on our end, your end? How do you think the relationship between the indigenous and the enslaved can be can be broadened, can be stronger, can be built, can 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 come together? Because I mean, give me an idea. I don't know, but I just feel like why why I not? I think it and has to do. I think it has to do exactly what the first question that you asked. You know. And my answer was historical trauma. Decolonizing yourself as a person and then mm-hmm. your home as a whole because the histories are very broad, right? You hear the word, the term African-American, you think of slavery in this country, and then you think of Native American, and then you think of, well, Native Americans feel this way about us. But then that's a very broad, generic, uh, cliche thought because the Shinnecock tribe versus the um, Pindor Lee tribe in Montana has very different histories with black people. Right. So 
if you kind of balloon that and you make it like the Shinnecock people are different or they're the same as the Tender Lee, you know, there's going to be kind of a battle. But then again, you know, the common denominator here is the divide from the federal government, whereas they are the ones that have fed us this history. It is time for us as individuals to research our own history for our health and healing Mm -hmm. first. And then humble yourself to learn about somebody else's history from somebody else, from that particular person. It's one thing to figure, like, you know, do your own research on somebody else's history, but you're still kind of not learning about that person. You're hearing about that person. You should, in order to learn about somebody. And then once you kind of get that kind of out the way, there's a respect that comes. It's like, wow, I did not know that the Muscogee songs were very similar to the slave songs because some of the slaves hid in the swamps with the Muscogees during you know, the um, this, the Underground Railroad. You know, right. so there is a, there is a, but that's, that's the Creek and Muscogee people. That's not necessarily any other tribe. Right, If you, exactly. if you didn't understand that particular history, then you wouldn't know that. And I think that that's really what it comes because people that, when you have that historical trauma, naturally you're going to be defensive. Naturally, you're going to shut down certain areas of your brain from, from receiving any kind of knowledge because you're just, you're defending yourself. And I hear that so much about, you know, a lot of black people that I meet that like, well, my great, great, great grandmother, you know, is Cherokee. And then I hear, and I see the natives like, well, you know, everybody's princess Cherokee's granddaughter and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And it's like, but wait a minute now. Cherokee was a big nation. There's a lot of history right. with Cherokee and African-American right. people. And, right. and this person's family originates from Tennessee or actually Oklahoma or North Carolina or South Carolina. How do you know that this person is not lying? You know right. what I'm saying? And those are things that we've got to humble ourselves to put those barriers down and just kind of sit down and have like a bonfire moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just really learn about that and it takes research but you know I think that that's what it's really really going to take I mean but it also takes somebody getting shot and raped and killed today in today's society in 2019 both black and native on both sides I think that the mothers who are native and the mothers that are black can come together and put those differences aside because yeah. they live in the same zip code. They, they live in right. the same apartment complex. These are things that are happening to their children that went to the same school together, regardless if they were Native, Black, or Chinese, or, or, or Latino, whatever you want to call it. These injustices are still happening to our people. But the Black get- people have, eco- so- like, there is, a, there is a lot of economical wealth that's happening in Black communities that's kind of lacking and indigenous communities, that's something that Native people can learn from, you know, I think. And then our yeah. governmental structure is something that could be advocated for with Black people. Because exactly. we, we can actually protect and fight on a government-to-government level that right. Black people cannot on that level unless they're in official positions. Exactly. Inside exactly. the U.S. government. 
that's and that's the whole point. It's so it's so much it's so much to digest, so much to dissect, you know. And we thirty minutes mm-hmm. is definitely not enough for this conversation because I had like eight questions well, I tonight. Have me back. <laughs> <laughs> so listen, but listen though, no, there's but but everything you're saying is so true and it's so much to digest, especially uh, just just real brief. One thing that you said when you when you pointed out the difference between the two tribes, people have to understand that within indigenous people before white people took it over. There were warring tribes and different philosophies of people that actually inhabited this continent who, who already went to war over several other different things that they didn't like about, about each other. And so, of course, that would mm-hmm. carry on down the line. You feel what I'm saying? Even, even after all the mm-hmm. atrocities happened, which, of course, would affect the relationship between the way one indigenous person looked at black people and another. Also, like you said, mm-hmm. the bonfire moment has to happen. And also, sadly, I agree with the fact that there's, there's going to have to be some kind of damn tragedy that affects us both. To an, because how do indigenous people feel when, we, when they see Mike Brown? When they see, you know what I'm saying? When, when, they, when they see Eric Garner? You know what I'm saying? When they see Trayvon Martin? Yeah. Are, mm-hmm. are, are they feeling the same way? Are they feeling as tight as black people? I don't know. They should or shouldn't they? But how do we feel? But see, but what, but see, the problem, the big problem is social media divides who your demographic is. You know, a lot of people in the indigenous community didn't even know someone like these big things. And a lot of the native people that are dying, the black people didn't know, oh, I didn't know who so-and-so was. I didn't know that that happened in Seattle. Because right. we haven't um, broken that little entrance to our networks. And it takes your radio show, it takes people like you, Inviting people like me on to reach a demographic and talking about things that they didn't know about. Yeah, and now I it's like oh, we we're beginning to break the cycle or the circle, like those those um gates to our networks and start open those gates up and start cross cr- um, dividing. I mean, cross crossing in between those networks. I think that that's what it's really going to take. Conversation first. You can't play in a war unless you had a conversation about it. Absolutely. You know, you sure or how to fight a war. Yeah, you can't fight together at all without talking about our strategy at first. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Are we, are we on the same right. team on the same side? You know what I'm saying? Listen, uh, great yep. conversation. Oh, I, I think I have a, a person that may want to talk, and I, I always want to try to get a caller on if they do call in. Let me check my line real quick and, oh, awesome. and check this 937 number. Uh, <clears throat> area code 937-349. Hello? Hello. Hi, how are you can doing? Can you hear me? Hello. Yes, we can hear you. Who is this? Hi, um, this is Shamika, and I wanted to give input on the topic tonight. Go ahead. By all means, go ahead. Got and time. I'm go ahead. speaking as a minority. I am African American and Hispanic. So I say this from my own experience. I think it's important, of course, to know your history and all of those things. Um, I was raised here in America, um, of course, um, in upstate New York. So I know what it is to have pride in who you are and, you know, represent your community. But I think there comes a point in time in which you have to move past it. Like you have to move past all of the tragedies of your ancestors. You know what I mean? There's simply no time to dwell on slavery or what the white man took from your ancestors and how they took your land. You know, like I said, 
I am half black and half Hispanic, so I get the whole racism thing, the whole prejudice thing, you know, the whole, you know, history of America and how they did us. But I just think if you want to be successful in this country or in any aspect of your life, if you focus on adversity and make that such an icon, it just hinders you, you know, so just, I don't know. So what I would say to your guests is, yes, you know, things have happened in your community to your people, but um, come on. What about like, hap- what about come when point in time where you have to what move about on? When it's still happening. But what about when it's I'm sorry? still happening? Yeah, what about when yeah, it's still happening? You know what? <laughs> Adversity is always going to happen. Like, it, it, there will never be peace on earth. That's just part of the human experience. You understand so you me? Ignore, and I'm just as hurt when I see things. I'm not I'm saying I'm just trying to follow it. Yeah, no, well, I, 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 yeah, like, help, help, help. Let me, let me, let me moderate. Let me, let me ask you this question because, I mean, of course, you can't listen. I'm, I'm a firm believer of your, your past does not dictate your future. I, I live by that mantra. If, mm-hmm. if where I came from dictated anything, I wouldn't have this broadcast. I wouldn't be doing this right now if that was the case. So that's mm-hmm. nice. So I understand mm-hmm. that aspect of what you're saying, but what, what? I think me and my guests, and I definitely, I think I'm going to be, me, me and my guests is definitely going to be um, on agreement with this is, it's okay to let it go when it's dead and gone, when it's done. I don't necessarily always talk about slavery and put it up to a point where uh, we champion it to that point. But what, but what I will not let slide and what I will not act like doesn't happen is when a guy gets choked out by the police over a pack of cigarettes and nothing happens. And, and, and all that stuff right. is coming. The pipe is coming down the pipeline because of a history right. of, of of feelings that this person of this color and this creed life doesn't matter as much. That because if that was a white man that was choked out like that, it, it, it would be a totally different scenario. You agree, right? Can you agree on that part? Or no, when land, I, I totally yeah. understand. Or when that. land is still being taken away, like but you know what? our sister tribe is like in the process of getting their whole land stripped from them, and they were the first to be greeted. And we were just we were just celebrating how far that they've come and being able to get more land. And just in December of 2018, a notion has been made for that land to be taken from them, as it happened in 1627. So I understand what you're saying. It's not like we're reflecting on our ancestors, but one thing in our culture is that we always honor and acknowledge our ancestors because they're among us. That's the belief that we have. Not that we are yeah, walking around sad and, and those type of things, but we are very resilient in, in our efforts. But if these things are still happening, we cannot continuously just move aside and let this stuff still happen because it's wrong. No, definitely. And where we're at now is being able to move globally. I definitely agree with that. Um, but, if, I mean, I just think that when you are in America, you have to understand that, you know, it will never be – I'm not saying be subservient and bow down. What I'm saying is, of course, you know, if there's injustice, stand up, march, fight for the people who have no voice. But to dwell on it and to surround your entire life around it so much to where, you know, people of other ethnicities and other races, speaking of – white individuals don't want to, you know, have dealings with you because you're so far into your culture, that's a turnoff. You know, in order to be successful in this country and to move 
successfully, you kind of have to not make Call that like yourself. your main goal. You're right. You know what I mean? You're exactly it's just right. a turn off. You're right. Andrew Jackson said it best. He said it best. Kill the Indian and save the man. And that is <laughs> that is a that is a an actual. There are great examples of exactly what you're talking about right now. To the point well, that I people can come back to their that was something that was so far long ago. Right. Yeah, okay, but I got still being implemented I'm, I'm, today. Right. Right. I got. I got. I don't mean to cut you off, Carla. I really appreciate your input. Nice perspective. No, you are cutting me off because yeah, I, she well, sat on this off. phone for thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, because because she's the guest and you're not. All right. Anyway, K100 Radio. <laughs> It's a good thing I'm the boss over here, and it's a good thing I'm the moderator. I have to cut things off, and you have to, have to do that. All right, so I understand. Okay. I, I, no, I let, her, I let her go on because I love to have that back and forth, and I love to hear yeah. someone who would like to attempt to take over my show, which is I not going to ever happen. It's not going to happen. It's my show. All right? It's cool. I've worked, I've in, I've worked, I've worked <laughs> in a museum fields for a long time, and I've dealt with questions yeah. like that, and I appreciate them because it needs to be had, and it needs to be had publicly. Yeah. You know, because it's a I, real debate. I, it's a real difference. I, I agree. I agree with. I told her. I'm. I'm all for. All for. Not trying to sit here and 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 play the uh and play the quote unquote race card when it's convenient type shit. Like you know what I'm saying? Nah, fam. Mm-hmm. We're not gonna do that. You know what I'm saying? You got to be a man and take care of your kids. You got to be a man. Go out here and work and get on your grind. You feel me? You gonna respect these mm-hmm. women? We're gonna do all that. But at the end of the day, we even at like uh we even put poor sugar on shit. You know what I'm saying? And, and call it a snicker bar. We're not right. doing that over here. You feel what I'm saying? Like, it's fat. Exactly. So, listen. Not with us being on front lines. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to happen. But I let her ride out a little bit because no. I already knew that she was going to, when she started talking, I was like, hey, I loved it. This is great. This is what we need. That father. Because there's, yeah. there's, there's a million, a million, a couple, a couple million people who feel exactly like that person does. And what do you say to I them? Agree. You say, yep. what, what are you going to say to them? Some of them, no matter what we say, they're going to always feel like, no, listen to my point. And I'm like, listen, no, listen to our point, And we're just never going to, we're never going to go there. We're never going to agree. You feel what I'm saying? But Yeah, agree. yes, agree. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're not going to agree. Listen, agree. it was great. We got to continue this conversation. Uh, I don't yes. want all the way to the, the, the cutoff time. I'm, my apologies to everybody that's still over here. Okay. My, Instagram live, my Instagram live actually shut off because I was going too long. Um, so I apologize to everybody okay. who may have been you know, waiting to get back to the music. But this is a great conversation with Sinead Bullock. Before we go, I need for you to drop any information, anything that you feel like the people need to hear from you that we didn't get a chance to uh, uh, cover right here on this segment. Your social media, where they can yeah. contact you, anything that you got coming up. Go ahead. Yeah, the best thing to do is just follow me on Instagram, Twitter. Um, it's at A-P-O-N-I-W-I-N-D, at A-P-O-N-I-W-I-N-D. Um, I do a, a whole lot of different things. Um, you know, I could just go down the list, but, you know, I'm, um, I'm just really grateful to be on this show, and I hope to be able to do more interviews like this on, you know, more of a demographic outside of Indigenous Network, you know, to hopefully yep. enlighten um, people and, make, and, and just make good connections all around and help to heal the all world. Right. So. Well, we're, we're, we're glad to have you on, and uh, next time we'll open up the phone lines a little bit earlier, but I'm already uh, 15 minutes over the cutoff time. My apologies, everybody. No I'm sorry. Good conversation, and I wanted to take that one call, and um, we got we to gotta wrap it up. We're supposed to be done at 8. I appreciate it. Listen, make sure you go and check her out on social media. Rock with her uh, again. We'll have this conversation sidebar, and we'll continue the conversation, and we'll have you back again, all right? All right. Thanks so much. All right. 
Absolutely. You are tuned to the K100 Radio. All right, that's that. R&B. Yeah, K100, you bad one. I really appreciate you guys for hanging around for that particular segment. Like I said, you know, we most talk to uh, big artists, and it's mostly a music-based broadcast. But again, at the end of the day, um, you know, when it comes down to uh, the core mission of K100 Radio, of course, you know, we have a lot to do with, um, you know, uh, social, uh, social awareness and uh, you know, we, we slick be on some political stuff sometimes. Uh, we talk about uh, a lot of different uh, uh, topics, uh, especially the whole broadcast was actually founded on the talk segment side of what what it is that ended up becoming the uh, broadcast that you see as K1's radio. And uh, we definitely want to get back into that. You know, I, I really miss the debates. I miss the calls. I miss the going back and forth and the callers. And sometimes having to occasionally hang up on the motherfucker. We are. I understand. But, you know, sometimes... You know, we let them ride out as much as we possibly can because we love the devil's advocate. We love the jab. We love the back and forth. And this is a politically incorrect show. You know what I'm saying? So, um, again, I hope you guys are tuning in for another one of our talk segments. If you're on uh, our YouTube page right now, please, 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 please hit that subscribe button. If you listen to our podcast, make sure you follow the podcast. Follow us on SoundCloud if you listen to this after the fact. We really appreciate everybody who rocking with us. K100radio.com, at K100 underscore radio. Thank you guys for rocking with us. All right. All right, we're going to go ahead and get back to the music uh, real quick. And listen, um, I appreciate everybody who rocking with us, for real, for real. Uh, we've got Illa Kill tomorrow. Uh, we've got uh, Valentine's Day is coming up. We'll have a Valentine's Day mix for you guys. A lot of R&B back-to-back-to-back over there in the evening. So you can get your groove on in case you don't have Pandora and all this other kind of stuff. We'll have you, we'll have you, we'll have you straight, fellas, ladies, on the late-night tip. Uh-huh. We out.